0: Welcome to Gun Season, everyone. We are in the thick of it. Good friend of mine, John Hines. Um, if you're a uh, uh, Bethel Baptist listener of the podcast, a little shout-out to your man, John Hines. Just tagged his first deer ever yesterday. Sent me a text last night. Haven't seen pictures yet. He's up in uh, Wisconsin with the good old primitive preacher, Jesse Jeffley, where they have very little cell phone service. But... um That's how you know you're in a good spot, by the way. little cell phone service, you know you're hanging out in the right kind of places. But anyways, John tagged his first deer, got it with a muzzleloader. Of course, as you'll hear in this episode, Alex was out enjoying Kansas rifle season, and uh, he tagged a nice buck out there, and so did his buddy that he was hunting with. And I just got word from our good friend, Noel Gandy, that he's actually, for the first time ever, hunting one of the regular gun seasons uh, this year instead of his normal late muzzleloader season. And so, uh, good chance you're listening to this, you're a deer hunter, you're probably uh, thinking about... Putting on your uh, blaze orange pajamas this coming weekend as well as uh, you head out. As for me, well, you know, I already filled my gun tag for the year clear back in October during Iowa's early muzzleloader season. Um, But, you know, I'd like to get out for a late muzzleloader hunt. That's uh, kind of the hope. Here in Iowa, you can uh, get an antlerless tag if they're still available in the county that you like to hunt. And uh, so I'm hoping there's still one left for me to get out. Maybe I can convince Jake to tag along with me but wherever you're at hope you're looking at your tag options yet remaining this year uh so much to enjoy and uh you know we we put so much emphasis on bow season probably because it's so long and it just takes um you know a lot of seasons to become proficient at it but there's nothing like gun season gun season's a ton of fun it's definitely the most efficient uh way to harvest a deer in my opinion and uh there's all kinds of tradition wrapped around it as well so wherever you are hope you're getting to take part in that well in this episode we're going to talk about alex's most recent hunt and we're also going to talk about the buck that i just mentioned that i shot back in october if you follow me on instagram or go wild or facebook you've already seen that buck most likely but if not um, here's your chance to hear about him, and uh, and even if you did see him on social media, you only got part of the story, so I'll tell the rest of the story here in this episode. It's a ton of fun, just like we're at deer camp. Alex joined me here live at my house on his way back from Kansas, and so it was a great live recording that we did. It was kind of late at night, so if we sound sleepy or out of it, um, this was all taking place at like... 10:30 to almost midnight. So, great conversation. Thank you so much for tuning in here on episode 101 on the First Gen Hunter podcast. Thank you again for tuning in. All right. This is something that uh I was kind of regretting that we didn't make this happen on I guess it would have been Sunday night, Monday, but uh, we, there was this hope. There was this hope that we could kind of fix two things. Uh, one, we finally took a picture together in person. But uh, there's like this weird shadow on my face. It makes it look like I have a like a mustache, but like on the side of my face instead of a. Can you imagine that if somebody just like shaved a mustache out of like their beard on their cheek or? something? Anyways, that's kind of how I looked. And uh, so we need to we need to fix. We get another shot at fixing the picture deal here, uh, hanging out together. But we're also doing a live podcast. We got a football game going on in the other room. We got these incredible cookies that my wife made i mean just hmm, right on the money and uh it's late uh alex is just blasted from coming back from his kansas deer hunt and uh of course been working all day so who knows what we're gonna say Alex is looking at the picture right now. It's it's pretty wild, isn't it, buddy?
1: <laughs> oh, it's <that's> great.
0: <laughs> but uh, but we're here. We are. We're getting we're getting a second chance at getting uh, getting these things taken care of. And uh, Alex is just floating on cloud nine. I wish you guys could be around him. He's he's emanating the greatness of a successful hunt. Yes, sir. And, and uh, that is there's no feeling like it. I mean. Mm-hmm. After you've after you've uh, uh, successfully filled a tag, um, just that feeling, you just got that little extra pep in your step. You know, it's kind of like when you're uh, a kid at school, you know, and it's like the day before Christmas break or whatever, the day of Christmas break. Everyone's just like walking around. They're in a good mood. They're happy to see everybody. You get that. You get that day of Christmas break effect when you've uh, filled your your tag. So uh, Alex is enjoying that. He's with me here in uh, the first gen hunter uh, home base here in Iowa. Mm. After spending basically a week in another big buck state over in Kansas. That's right. And uh, just for the sake of our listeners, because I want to get this one out here pretty quick. Um, some rut activity still happening right yeah it's usually late there a little bit later there yeah like i i've i've now done that hunt three times
1: in the last four years okay and i mean it's it's almost like the peak right there is sure two weeks behind what you would consider somewhere else even though on paper it doesn't look like that sure but just i mean the bucks are chasing does and yeah. It's, it's it's pretty active. I mean they're chasing the bucks off a lot of movement. It's 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 exciting there and you have a rifle in hand. That's right. Yeah. So <laughs> that's
0: right. Well, and the amount of activity you described um, and you shot your buck, I guess it would be 2 days into the rifle season, right? Right. So I mean, do you ever already experience some pressure at that point and yet it's that much activity going on still? I think it's just a reminder if you're listening in. Um, So, tomorrow morning starts Iowa's uh, gun season. Um, So, a lot of Iowans are going to be hitting it. Uh, And then uh, it'll be... So, it'll be gun one. Then the next week will be gun two. And uh, gun one, I believe, just lasts from Saturday through Monday evening. Something like that. And then... Gun 2 starts, I think it starts immediately after that, Mm -hmm. but I could be wrong, it might might be a couple days break in there or something like that but then it the second season is a little bit longer because theoretically it's a little bit tougher to kill a deer after that first wave of hunting pressure um but hey so there's still crazy things going on in the woods and uh, uh as i said in the most recent podcast our interview with mark kenny which by the way alex that was awesome talking oh that was mark. so much fun that was that was I, 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 loved, I loved listening to it again I, 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 I listened it. to
1: it on the drive out <laughs> and I was laughing out loud especially about the story that you had him talk about oh, six shooter at the oh end gosh, it was just priceless about you know you have it having to go to the bathroom and that's when he pops out yeah. I was I was crying laughing listening to that <laughs> again just like I was during the podcast like I'm listening to myself laugh and I'm like it is still as funny as it was when I first heard <laughs> <Yeah. started."> it <laughs>
0: <laughs> when i when I hit that I was there's a few times where I will uh, literally laugh out loud while I'm editing, and then I'm like oh, people my family's probably like looking at me like what is wrong with you because I'm just sitting here with headphones on <laughs> laughing but um no, that story was epic uh, just the whole conversation what a great feeling to have Mark on for the hundredth episode and and get to share that with alex and uh uh of course the only way it could be better is if we had the rest of the hunt therapy crew with us, but um, we we of course had to do that interview during uh the day. So I think Alex and I were the only ones that had enough flexibility in the mm-hmm. schedule to to get that to happen. But man, it was a it was a great interview. But I bring that episode up because I told you that I'd seen so much buck activity um during that week, that last week of november um right up going into thanksgiving and a little bit after that and so um just a reminder maybe not you know it's kind of like we're pushing that hindsight moment now especially with gun seasons going and and totally uh changing how deer are acting and 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 all that but um next year if you are you find yourself in that position you get to that thanksgiving timeline you still haven't filled a tag stay with it because there's still so much going on just like alex described down in kansas um, what i saw here in iowa and uh it it goes on in other places too Mm -hmm. and so just keep your head in the game but also the rut is great for getting all that action getting to see everything going bonkers in the woods which Mm -hmm. is just a ton of fun seeing deer just cruising and and all that but you you have a lot harder time predicting um, what the deer are going to do during the rut. Um, The bed to food still kind of applies because does, that's mostly what they're still doing. You know, hunt bedding in the morning, get to the food in the evening. Um, Bucks are looking for the does, but it's just not quite as easy to pattern. Now, if you're doing what Alex did where, Hey, I'm driving out somewhere and I'm hunting there for five days max. Well, then you're, I mean, the pattern is unfolding before you while you're out there because you're not living there, getting this Intel and Mm -hmm. everything. But I think a lot of people write off October and December because um, it's not the rut. And, I, I just think that's a mistake. I think there's so much good left in uh, the season, um, and it's so much easier to pattern when you get to December. You know, these bucks are going to be back onto their own bed-to-feed type of uh, uh, pattern. And uh, you know what? That you, you can take advantage of that, I think, a little bit easier. Also some farms that just don't set up well for doe bedding like the farm that we're on right now you know we just don't have a lot of doe bedding here um that means during the rut you're mostly going to be out of the game now that doesn't mean there's not going to be any rutting activity in fact saw uh, some of that while i was pheasant hunting this year in november on this farm but Um, there's been plenty of November sits that I've done where there is not a animal to be seen (laughs) Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, you know, that can get pretty frustrating, but during December things kind of go back to normal a little bit. So that's kind of a long winded me rambling at, you know, 10 o'clock at night, uh, (laughs) way of saying there's still good hunting to be had. Don't give up. Even if you, uh, don't plan to hunt with a gun. and You're still going to be getting after with a bow. Just make the necessary adjustment that you got to make, and uh, I, I think uh, you'll be rewarded if you put in that effort. Good things come to those who uh, work hard for them, are patient for them, and uh, keep making the adjustments they need to make to uh, get it to get it to uh, you know come to fruition. So, st- hang in it. Stay with it. Whatever you got to do, you know, adjust your uh, to your winter gear now because it's cold. It's like seventy mile an hour winds right now. Yes. Man, you probably got great gas mileage on your way here, man. I did. That like, tailwind like two, was two <laughs> two miles a gallon better than than, uh, than on the on the way there,
1: which is crazy.
0: Well, I'll send you along on your way with a bed sheet. You can kind of like you know put up some kind of scaffolding <laughs> on your truck and just Christopher Columbus it all the way back to Michigan. But no, man, it was it, what a what a great great way to end the week. Yep. So Alex and I were talking today. Uh, he called me while I was at work, and we're like, we need to. We need to probably do a hunt therapy episode where Alex and I talk about our success just because we have this opportunity to record live. Caleb has been killing bucks like, you know...
1: Nobody's business.
0: Nobody's business. <laughs> and uh, he's he's got a couple stories to share. Brandon's been stacking up the does, plus he's had some really cool action within his... So remember, Brandon's the East Coast guy. They do kind of the hunt club mm-hmm. uh, style of hunting. They've had a couple guys. His brother shot a real nice Delaware buck. And um, uh, no offense to Miles, but probably the coolest thing to happen was... Brandon's mentee, the first gen hunter that Brandon took under his wing, uh, you'll probably remember the name Joel if you're a long time listener. Killed a really nice uh, buck this yeah. year as well, and uh, so far nothing on Professor X. So I I don't know if he's, he's he must still, around. still be going. Um, I think Brandon's season goes till like end of January. They have like yeah. the longest deer season yeah. in the country. He's got half
1: the year to shoot a deer. <laughs> it's insane. That's right.
0: Yeah, that's true. It goes from from uh, September one to uh, basically, we'll just say for all intents and purposes, February one. Yeah. So what is that? Five months. Yeah. Something like that.
1: Literally, I, half the year that we're on a podcast, he can shoot deer. <laughs> I, mean, I, I feel like every time we're talking to him, he's like, "Oh yeah, I went out hunting." And it's like, well, "Don't deer. all, don't all
0: move to Delaware because they don't have room for you there." <laughs> Maybe that's what it <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, right. it's
1: too small of a state. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: But um, uh, yeah. So we got all the these good hunting stories to talk about. I've had some fun pheasant hunting too this fall, and uh, uh, so we got we got plenty to talk about coming up. Plenty to talk about. So we figured Alex and I we would take our buck stories from this fall. Put him mm-hmm. into this episode, then we'll have fun. Bring the other guys on the show, interview them, give Jake some you know grief for uh, not hunting enough this fall. But um, I think he's, Jake he's black
1: topping it again.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's been he's been busy with work. But I think I think Jake's going to go out for a late muzzleloader hunt. Oh. So I think he's gonna I think he's gonna have a good chance at. at Filling a tag yet this year, and I think Jonas, my son Jonas, and I are gonna tag along, which sounds absolutely insane. I know taking a five year old out into the late muzzle loader weather of Iowa, <clears throat> but I got a plan I'm gonna like set up a little tent for him, get a little Mr. Buddy heater in there oh, that he yeah. can crawl in there and and get warm if he needs to all Jake and I are sitting out <laughs> and and uh you know trying to get a good shot but there's there's still hope for Jake is what I'm saying here. So I think we should start with. Um, start you know, off with yours. Start off with mine. Okay. Yeah. I, I want to hear about sense. it. I haven't heard <laughs> about it. That's true. All you've seen are the pictures. I've seen pictures. Yeah. We need to talk about it before uh, the information, you know, starts to just like get mixed up in my brain. Well, I saw your spot
1: over here. That's. <laughs> that, I guess that was the second clue. Mm-hmm. Which is great. It's yeah. Two minutes from your house.
0: That's right. That's <laughs> right. That's right. You can't beat that. Uh, this buck was as local as it gets. Now, I want to direct you to uh, my Instagram while, while you're tuning into this. T- unless you're driving. Don't do it while you're driving. But uh, if you can get over to my Instagram and uh, – I put together a reel on Instagram, and the reason I bring that up is because, you know, one of the ways I'm trying to stretch myself as a writer, so I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, but I do a fair bit of writing for um, the Iowa Sportsman's Magazine. I write Oh, you know, just depending on the year, what the topics are, maybe as many as 10 articles or maybe as low as five or something like that. But um, I really want to continue to grow in that that area as a writer. And one of the things I've done to kind of push myself is I've taken up writing poetry. And uh, my sister, who is a teacher, is uh, she she is such an encouragement to me. She's like, she's like the kind of person you want in your corner for sure. And she told me, Ken, I think you need to write a, a book of poems on hunting. I think it would be, you know, something that kids could, could, uh, enjoy reading at school for reading assignments. Um, there's a real problem with like, uh, young men not liking to read and, uh, you know, kind of fit into that. So uh, I, I guess, uh, you know, when your big sister tells you to do something, you listen, right? So maybe I'll, uh, (coughs) excuse me, maybe I'll compile them all eventually. But, um, I figured the best way to sum up what this buck meant was, uh, to put it to a poem. So I wrote a poem about the buck that I shot and it just, it it just describes how important it was to me to tag a buck on the farm that I live on. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, my really good friend, Luke Fritch, uh, just shot a really nice Illinois buck. And here's the cool thing. I have one of his sheds. Um, if it wasn't all chewed, uh, which I fixed, I fixed with some epoxy sculpt. It would definitely score as my biggest, uh, shed. Today, I believe, but um, he shot a you know just an Illinois giant, and uh, he said, you know, how cool is it that we both got to take bucks off of the farms that we live on? How meaningful is that, you know? Just to uh, you know, it's, he's like, it's kind of like an ancient thing where you're able to like, you know, go eat off the land that you're living on. I guess is the idea. Mm-hmm. So. On top of that, that aspect of it, <clears throat> being a first-gen hunter, so much of your life is spent from the outside looking in. Alex can relate to this. Alex is a first-gen hunter himself. Mm-hmm. You want to be a part of it, but you you just can't yet when you're a kid. You just can't. You can't just go take yourself hunting. Right. You got to you know, have – firearm you gotta be able to you gotta have the hunter safety course you gotta uh, or have a bow or whatever you know you when you're a kid you don't have any money for stuff like that or or even even if you did you can't just go buy a gun when you're you know 15 years old so i did have pellet guns and bb guns though and i marched all over uh this farm with my brothers you know trying to find raccoons squirrels rabbits whatever right and So, the very foundation to me longing to hunt is wrapped around this farm, hunting on this farm. And i have taken one deer off this farm uh, i took a uh, little button buck with uh, my muzzle loader back in 2019 i thought i was shooting at a doe and i got there and you know <laughs> had classic that, had that uh oh man there's you know there's the there's the future land right there but you're still thankful of course for the meat and and the filled tag and Aside from that, though, I've just never, I've passed a lot of deer, so that's part of it. But I've never been able to connect on a, on a, you know, a, another deer, any deer, doe, buck, whatever, um, since then. And uh, I certainly hadn't been able to seal a deal on a big buck, like a mature buck. Last year, I almost did. I was out with my muzzleloader, hunting early muzzleloader again. And you might remember the story. Um, I was hunting on the ground. And what I love about hunting the evenings during early muzzleloader is that last 15 minutes of light goes bonkers. Hmm. I mean, the deer just all of a sudden, they, it's like they appear. Like they teleport into the <laughs> into where you can see them. Uh, because you have so much standing corn. Deer are avoiding the heat as Noel Gandy talks about, they have that winter coat on, but it 's not winter weather yet, yeah, and they're just waiting for for that coolest part in the you know twenty four hour cycle and so um I had an opportunity and uh when I had the buck in my crosshairs and I squeezed the trigger, I realized i hadn't cocked the hammer back on the uh-huh. muzzle. <laughs> And when I say last 15 minutes, more like last five minutes is really when things, it seems like bucks start showing up, <clears throat> bigger bucks that you're looking for. And, um, you know, with that little of light, using a scope, I couldn't get another, you know, I couldn't find them again to get a get another crack at it. So I start feeling like, Man, maybe I'm just cursed like this is not going to happen on this farm. You know, like I'm just not going to be. It's just a monkey on my back. Now, thankfully, we have another family farm. I've had tons of success there. Jake has as well. But again, you know, it's like I wanted. There's so much. Not that that's that's not meaningful to me or anything. I don't want to sound ungrateful or whatever, because that's a special place to our family as well. But to to be able to seal the deal on a big buck on a place where I dreamed about big bucks when I was a little kid, just there's so much meaning to be had there. Right. And, uh, the first time I ever went hunting, uh, I the the first time I ever went deer hunting, I I went by myself. I had no idea what I was doing, and uh, I was walking around with a smoothbore shotgun during uh, during <laughs> a gun season. I love that. The rifled slugs. Yeah, okay, this thing hits about you know uh, thirteen inches uh, up and to the left. So uh, <laughs> aim at the shoulder; you should get a nice throat shot. That's awesome. But um, you know so much of my history as a hunter is just wrapped around this farm and uh, figuring out how to get a good opportunity has been a slow process, eight years to be exact. And uh, it just kind of came together this year. Caleb um, was out with me helping, helping me put up a stand back in September, which was actually later in the game than I'd prefer. But, we were setting it up and we were two. St- I, I was two sticks up the tree, I was hanging to the side of the tree, and in comes a nice, big, wide 10 point kind of like the one I got in the wall in there, Alex. Oh, yeah, and uh, just a nice, mature buck. And what was so cool was Caleb was actually really teaching me something, he was looking at browse lines within the timber, you know, little, little uh, waist high, uh, leafy food sources that were all nipped off at the top Mm. and uh it was enough to be like there's something you know there's definitely something that spent a lot of time in here but it wasn't so much as like it's a lot of deer so right there you're thinking okay it's not a doe family group because this place would be mowed totally it's a probably one buck that's just living here and this is his. This is his kitchen, Mm -hmm. you know? And so we were feeling pretty good. We found a couple, like, uh, little beds. that You could tell where he had been laying down. And um, then while I'm hanging there on the side of the tree, like I said, here he comes. Just confirms it, you know? And so at that point, it's like game on. I know where there's a mature buck on the farm. I'm going to get in there, try and kill him early in October. I talked about him with uh, Cole Young on an episode that I still need to release. And uh, (laughs) Cole's like, dude, you got to get after him early if you're going to have a shot at him. I agreed because of the way this farm changes. Once the rut comes around, the corn comes down. And that's what I did. I got after him when I could, when the wind was right. I saw, I think it was him once when I, I had him at 30 yards, but it was such a quick pass by, something had spooked him from, uh, it wasn't me, it wasn't my wind, because I, I had the right wind on him. Something like like uh, was chasing him or something from behind. and he, hmm. he only appeared for about, you know, two seconds. But it was like, okay, this, this is good. He's still around, you know. And uh, so then, you know, some time goes by, didn't really get a chance to hunt for a week or so, and here we are into early muzzleloader season. And a uh, big shout out to my boss, Carol Hoxberg, and he, uh, he was uh, very gracious, gave me some time off to hunt.
1: <laughs> he told you to hunt, is what I yeah, remember. Yeah, he did, he did,
0: <laughs> he did. And uh, he's like, why don't you take the morning off? And I was like, okay, yeah, sure, That. thank you very much, I'll be there At like 11, you know, be into work at 11. So I knew things were going to have to happen quick, you know, because it it just, it takes a while when you're deer hunting, Uh hiking in, all that. And I'm, I'm one of those people who is, uh, um, I, I, if I think that I'm going to hurt my chances at being successful by, uh, driving in too close, I, I will just walk a great distance because, I mm-hmm. think you I think so many people think, oh, those things see, they hear tractors and they hear all that and is your truck a tractor? Is right. your uh is your four wheeler a tractor? It's a different sound, you know, they're not stupid. Yep. And uh Jeff Sturge just tells a story about how he used to hunt his neighbors uh pressure. Every year, he knew they would drive their four-wheelers into their stand or whatever. And he's like, sweet, they're coming on their four-wheelers. Because now, <laughs> here comes 30 deer off their property right past my stand. Oh, that's awesome. So, I like to hoof it and uh, just lower impact. And so, that's what I did. I I uh, parked my truck. It was, the corn was... Uh, uh down enough to where it's like um I could park closer, shave off, you know, a good part of the the hike, but still it was it was a good ways. And I got in a little bit on the late side, like right at first light is when I was climbing up my my sticks, getting my stand. And uh, you know, so starting to wake up, I love I love when the morning is just waking up in the woods. You start to get used to seeing the same kind of things. A lot of times I will see first the raccoons will start. You'll start seeing them filing back in to get back to their tree or whatever. And um, they're usually the first sign of life. And then shortly after the raccoons come in, that's when you start seeing deer movement well i wasn't seeing any raccoons, and uh um I was like, oh man, I don't know if anything's going to be moving. It was a great cold front. It was the best day, the best day of the hunting season so far It's like at- you know eighteen degree morning, really crisp, super heavy frost, you know all the leaves on the trees were just falling now because of this this heavy frost that we had. And it seemed perfect, but I wasn't seeing much activity right off the bat, like I expected to, right around that first light. Hmm. Well, then I do see a something move, and I was like, "Oh, there's my raccoon." No, it wasn't a raccoon. It was a deer, and I think it was, I think it was a doe. Um, but I was watching down by this kind of this hub scrape that we have on the farm, and um, I'm like, man, I need to really try and crane my neck see if I can you know figure out what that is if it's a buck or a doe and uh so i'm looking and i'm looking and uh, then all of a sudden i just see antlers coming down the trail and i have a trail camera on my christmas wish list this year Mm. but i am a i am a uh I don't know if is the right term. Nihilist is that when you like be, don't believe in something anymore. Or you believe it's worthless or whatever. <laughs> I'm a borderline trail camera nihilist.
1: I was going to ask you if you had any on the property. So this is this I'm, is perfect. I'm a border
0: borderline trail cam nihilist because you know I need to look that word up real quick to make sure I'm i uh, I'm uh, using the right using it the right way. But I think that's uh, I think that's the right term. So let's see here nihilist man it's late alex we're we're googling words here
1: i googled your shotgun seasons okay there you go (laughs) there you go
0: there you go so it says a person who believes that life is meaningless and rejects all religious and moral principles
1: (laughs) so you reject trail (laughs) camera principles camera
0: principles (laughs) i've used trail cameras a lot in the past i do think that that they certainly can be used well. Alex used them well this week. Oh, yeah. Um, But I think um, there's a lot they don't show us. And so then we go off of a scrap of information that may or may not really portray the situation that's going on. And even bigger than that, I think we spook a lot of mature bucks with trail cameras. A lot of them. And uh, I think guys who are really good at it. In fact, you can watch like some of Dan Infault's stuff on how he puts trail cameras up in trees. He puts them on hooks that are kind of like high up on the tree, angled down. Uh, Brandon's talked about that as well, putting it high on the tree, but find a forward face leaning tree. Hmm. And, uh, you know, that face of the trail or whatever. But a lot of times we put them on these skinny trees where they're a little bit wider than the diameter of the trees, so they're very obvious. They're right at eye level with the deer, and that flash goes off, and that buck doesn't know what it is. It's not like, he's like oh, that was put there by a hunter. It just adds enough like pressure and startling nature to it that I think they kind of skirt that, particular area after that i've had so many pictures of bucks looking right at the camera and i never see them ever again on camera it's interesting so hence my trail camera nihilism Yeah, but i do feel though like i need to just get back in the game with them and put these good principles back into use so you know next year i should be having a lot more trail cameras out in the woods than i do now so how many do you have <clears throat> Um, I, I don't even know how many I have out this year. Not many, less than 10, less Okay. Than, less, probably even less than five. Okay. But, um, I, I would like to get that going again and, and do it right this time. But the thing that I do like about not having a trail camera is the surprise factor that you have. Um, when you put yourself in position to see a good buck and then you see him there, you're like, holy cow, mm-hmm. you know, this is, this is, I'm shooting that deer, you know, like that totally, tri- that trips my trigger. Totally. Literally. And that's what this was. I see this big old, and, uh, you know, I, I struggle to say that, oh dude, I just killed a monster. Or I killed a giant unless I'm, you know, I call my wife or whatever thing, <laughs> but, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, – if you watch the reel, you'll hear those words come out of Caleb's mouth when he uh, walks up on that buck, and uh, it was a real nice 15-point. I don't know what he's going to score. I, I think he's got to be a minimum 155, maximum we'll say 165 maybe.
1: <laughs> he's a nice deer, man. Yeah. He's a nice yeah, deer.
0: Yeah, appreciate that. And and uh, he's got – all kinds of character, great mass. Um,
1: has got a lot of trash.
0: Yep, a lot of trash. Really white face, like almost mule deer white face. Well, he's old, he's old, he's 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 an old buck. And, um, so here come these antlers at about 33 yards. I ranged it after the shot, um, just pulled my scope up. It was the easiest thing in the world, settled my my crosshairs on his vitals and uh squeezed off a perfect shot and uh, of course you don't know <laughs> if it's perfect or not you know you think it is but you start going through everything in your mind like oh man you know I think I hit him perfectly but I don't know anything could have happened and um so uh he takes off of course and I hear a crash for sure hmm. and uh um, so I think it's good news, <clears throat> but I give him, you know, a half hour or so, but I also have to like be cognizant of, you know, I got to get to work by 11. <laughs> so, so, uh, you know, I need to be getting him gutted and, and everything else and dragged out. And so, um, I give it only about 30 minutes and, uh, I go down and I actually, because I don't want to walk right on the trail because I I have heard that if you ever need to bring in a tracking dog, you want the dog to not just be following the blood. You want him to be able to follow the scent from the uh, inter-digital gland, I believe is what it's called. There's a gland in between their hooves Mm -hmm. that uh, each deer lays down their own specific scent, and a tracking dog can get on that scent. And it's not so it's not just blood or guts or whatever that they're smelling. It's it's also that. So, you know, I've kind of used my binoculars to just spot first blood once I get kinda of down in the area, and sure enough, I see blood uh with my binoculars. And um so I scout ahead a little bit more. I see a whole bunch of blood. <laughs> and and uh, uh I saw like a bunch of lung material oh, yeah. on the trees or bushes and stuff and so i was feeling really good then and i just kind of like scanned ahead with my binos and sure enough there he was laying in literally the most beautiful setting i mean like i said all the leaves are just dropping the sun's just the sun is just perfect and uh on that first leaf drop the leaves are still like really nice and green and they're just heavy leaves. So they're just like falling like big snowflakes and, uh, everywhere with the timber, you know, just millions of these things dropping everywhere. And, um, he just found a spot where he laid down underneath this, like half fallen hedge tree. And, uh, it's just kind of like, uh, like almost a hollowed out area that, you know, you can almost stand up under it. And, uh, you know, it was as if, That was his bed, you know, Mm is like, I've been living on this farm. This is my spot that I know. This is where it's coming to an end is what it felt like when I, when I found him there. Now, chances are it was just serendipitous that he ended up there because, uh, you know, he was doing a death run after his lungs punched out. So whatever it was though, most the mo I I can pretty much guarantee you I will not shoot a buck in a more beautiful setting prior to the rest of my life. I mean it's just I was that fortunate with how everything lined up. Call my boss. I'm like, hey, or I send him a picture and and call him and I'm like, hey, thank you so much for giving me the day off. You know, the best boss ever. And <laughs> and, uh, and uh, he's he's all excited for me and uh he just gave me the rest of the day off so i could take care of the deer and uh, get him to the taxidermist get him hung and everything else start process i I did butcher myself i love doing that that was another really nice thing that i was blessed with with the weather is it was cold enough to hang the deer even in Mm mid-october which normally isn't the case But I was able to hang him for a couple days and be just fine. It was, you know, temperature was in the 30s, 40s. And uh, Caleb came out, helped me drag him out, got a bunch of pictures with me, and helped me hang him up and and, uh, um, helped me cape it out. And... And uh so there was just so much of it that was so awesome. And one of the best parts was I called my grandparents, you know, who own who owned the farm ground. And uh they've never really been able to see anything like this come off this farm because you know my grandpa doesn't deer hunt or anything and never has and and uh for them to see that I think was pretty special for them too. That's and awesome. uh uh yeah, I mean I'm still I, I still have that cloud nine pop in my step right yeah, now. You, you know, should. the, the, the good feeling that they, the good vibe that you ride really for a year after filling a tag. But yeah, so that's the big old 15 point that I, that I knocked down and really was just blessed with. I was hunting that 10 point and I got a 15 and said, so it was a pretty good, pretty good deal there. And I still <laughs> hopefully have the 10 point, uh, you know look for next year yeah look for next year so yeah it's awesome i'm really really happy with how it all worked out
1: so had you ever seen that buck before
0: i may have seen him one time um so one thing i do like to do is uh and alex likes to do this too i know he's doing this in kansas is uh try and do a little scouting with the binos from the truck and uh I don't remember what we were driving back from, but I had the kids in the truck with me, and it was just like the golden hour in the summer, and I was like, "Hey, let's go drive down and see if there's anybody out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw two really nice bucks uh, cruising the prairie grass, and uh, I, I think he might have been one of them. And mm-hmm. then, who knows? Maybe that ten point may have been the other one, but they were kind of in a bachelor group together. Mm-hmm. And uh so I think I think I saw him then and uh you know I was just hoping that he would still be around yeah. come, come the season and sure enough, you know, if it was him, there he was. For sure. So yeah, just uh just a you know, such a meaningful thing to To finally have that all come together—the place where I first started hunting, place where I really daydreamed about that moment for years—you know—and again, to for me to really fully explain what that meant, you got to read the poem because it represents how I feel about this farm and how I feel about taking that buck off of this farm. So uh, make sure you uh you check that reel out and uh read the read the little poem that I wrote there and <laughs> and uh you kinda share a little bit of my emotion uh behind that. But I'm not the only one who's got a buck this year. That's awesome. Alex got a nice one.
1: Yeah, I got a nice one. And not as nice as yours. It's not fifteen points, but <laughs> No, it's a great buck. It's a great buck. Especially, He's a good buck. He's a good buck. I'm happy with him.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, any idea how old he is? You know? I
1: Actually, I think he's three and a half.
0: At least three and a half. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes four and a half. <laughs> Let me look at his nose again here.
1: Yeah, I um, <clears throat> I guessed him at three and a half yeah, when think, he came out. Sure. But he could be four and a half. He, he's got a really big body on him.
0: Man, he's got that. Roman nose looking deal he's got a there, really, man.
1: Yeah. He's got a really big big body on him.
0: He's got His, re- really long tines too. I don't know, man. He might be a four and a half.
1: He might be. I I uh, as soon as I saw him, I said he's a shooter, so I went after him. Isn't
0: that an awesome feeling? It's just like so totally. did you guys did you guys get him on any of the cameras you put out when you got there?
1: No, so this is really funny because you were talking about the cameras and uh I didn't inter. I didn't want to interject your denial. Of
0: trail cameras. <laughs> My nihilism. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, it's so
1: good. However, you know, I think I think to your point, there's some excitement when you don't know what's out there, yeah. right? Yep. I use trail cameras all the time. Like I remember having, I had an 80 acre parcel and I had 20 cameras rolling on there, and I could tell you every direction the deer were coming from. Sure. But when the rut hits, you have no clue what's going to show yep. up ever you yep. know and and I think that part that part's fun, you know in 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 this realm, we have a lot of different properties that we we have access to hunt on. Mm-hmm. so we're hopping around all over the place. We only had three cameras, which is not enough right yeah. in, in reality, but it gave us an idea of what was going on, and then where we couldn't have trail cameras, we were scouting, you know, from the road. So at night we were, we had two full days to scout.
0: That's awesome.
1: So we were running around the morning, evening, afternoon, Mm -hmm. checking out open fields, you know, edges of the timber. Yeah. Watching some movement. I mean, we were catching deer midday moving around from spot to spot, you know. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, it is. And, 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 you know, for, for listeners that don't, you know, you might not be able to imagine it, but you have farms kind of like, you know, yours here, Kent, right? You have open area mm-hmm. and you're like, there would never be a deer there, right? Yeah. It's just this flat grassy thing. But you don't realize there might be a little timber pocket that's going to hold yep. 10 deer in it because that's yep. where they're bedding. Or you don't look, you don't realize the topography isn't flat,
0: Yeah. right? Yep.
1: There might be a 10 foot deviation in that topography and now the deer are just hunkered down in there and mm-hmm. you never see them off the road. So yep. like we know that, right? So we we really look at the the mapping, right? Like I was on Spartan Forge constantly looking at
0: That's awesome. You
1: know, the the topography and and looking at, hey we're gonna be holed up and then and then we're looking at where we know that deer are gonna come yeah. out of.
0: Yeah. And Reading those features, basically those those terrain features. Yeah, you
1: have to, and, and we got lucky because this week we had wind, like no other. Mm-hmm. But we also had a huge cold front come
0: in, as I told you. That yeah, that's that's so important. I think even during the even during you know rut activity, to have that, to have those cold fronts, it, it just gets the deer going. Totally, I mean, they're just moving.
1: Totally, and they and they were moving for sure. Um, but with that, you know, we had, we had our first day and we were kind of bouncing around property to property. Well, I guess let me backtrack. We scouted a couple days worth. We saw some nice bucks and we didn't really say, Hey, we're going to go after these, these deer. Just said, let's go see what's going to happen. Right. Right. So everything was really based on the wind. No matter what, we weren't even we weren't even going after a specific deer. We were just saying, "Where's the wind going to play out sure, for
0: us?" Sure.
1: So our our first day was, you know, we had a we had a south southwest wind. We really only had two places that we could hunt with that wind.
0: Oh, okay. So you know, that narrows that, it down pretty quick.
1: <laughs> totally. You know, we were it just if we could have a north wind, it was game on or an east wind game on
0: yeah
1: we have a south or southwest wind It kind of throws off everything just based on where the bedding areas of our are, are the, sure. for these deer so yeah that narrowed it down we had like let's call it two and a half places that we could hunt we could maybe get away with with a couple but yeah i i sat in the morning in one spot and uh my hunting my hunting partner's name's jason so jason was on another another area and we went out, it was 30 mile an hour winds, Oof. and it was way colder than I thought it was going to be. I feel like wind has been my nemesis this season, because it's just been yeah. horrible. Yep. And uh, <laughs> I'd like to say I'm pretty you know, hardcore, or crazy yeah. for some stuff. Man, I was sitting there, and it was like, I don't know, it was 9 o'clock, and... I'm warm as I'll get out, but I could not feel my feet and I could not feel my hands, yep. you know, and I'm like, I got my hands in my pocket, hand warmers yep. anytime I take them out to look at my phone or text. Right. And I was videoing. Right. So I got cameras yep. going this whole deal. And, um, you know, I'm seeing deer. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing anything, any shooters. I'm seeing deer and I'm having fun, but I'm literally going, I don't know that I can make it another half hour. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then Jason texts me and he's like, dude, I'm so cold. He's like, I don't know that I could make it 30 more minutes. And I'm like, all right, not the only one feeling like like a wuss right now.
0: Thank you for sending me that text. Well,
1: it was so funny. So, so I had already had it in my head, like nine 30, like I'm bailing. Like it just doesn't matter. And part of it, go back to the trail cameras. We 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 hadn't seen anything moving around past, like, 7.30 okay in the mornings sure, so in yeah. and, and most of the areas. And uh, with that, I was like, okay, I saw stuff move until about 8 o'clock, and then it just it totally shut yep. down. So I'm like, I just don't feel bad. Yep. My odds are that I can pull out of here and not feel bad yeah, about it. Yeah. Like, I'm missing out on something. So I get back to my truck. I'm frozen. And I still had, like... A coffee from the morning in there, and oh, nice. that was like the greatest thing ever right turn the truck on it's like
0: holding that totally
1: I sit in my truck and and then I' get a phone call from Jason. I was like, you know, I'm like thinking, okay, let's go pick up and he's like, dude, I'm bailing like I'm like, I'm already in my truck man, yeah <laughs> so,
0: don't feel bad already bailed, buddy.
1: <laughs> I already made the twenty minute trek back to my truck, you know, yeah, um so I don't know, it was like nine forty five or something like that, so Um, but anyways, you know, we got back, had some lunch and whatnot, and then we were looking at at the wind was, the wind was shifting to be a, a north, north, northeast wind for us for the afternoon. So then we were like, okay, where do we, where do we want to sit? Now it kind of opened up a lot of opportunity for us. So I went back to where I shot a deer two years ago I love this spot it's like Mm -hmm. I wish I could just I'll try to make it justice of how to describe this thing but you basically have from the north and the south side you're going you're looking downhill on both ends sure east to west there's travel corridors Mm -hmm. so these deer just go from this timber line east to west sure and there's a field in the middle, in between these two timber lines, okay, so it's kind of cool, right? So yeah. you get to this like drainage, and then there's basically alfalfa in between yeah. two timber lines. It's the yeah, coolest that's, thing yeah, ever. It's
0: kind of a cool little uh, buffet there for deer.
1: It really is, and um, you you probably got two hundred yards of an alfalfa field wide in between the two timber lines. So like, if I'm sitting on the north or the south side of it. Mm-hmm. I'm looking downhill, and I can see it's anything in these fields.
0: Yeah, low, low cover, and
1: totally. It, it's well, the, it's trees, but once they come out of the trees, you can see them, and you can kind of right. see where they're going, right? So, so you know if you're going to see something come into these openings, or I can shoot directly in this field, and it's like a 250 yard shot. Okay, 300 maybe at max. However, if they go up towards that south side. Then it becomes like a 500-yard shot because now there was Milo Fields over there, right? So I'm like, which is still fine. Uh, So, yes, I'm sitting there, and I I mean, it was dead. Dead till about what you were talking about, like the last five minutes of like the hoorah time. It was probably like the last like 25 minutes. Sitting there, and finally, I see in the alfalfa field come out like four or five does. And I'm like, oh, here they come, right? So I'm start videoing and whatnot. And let and I'll backtrack. I was glassing behind me nine hundred to a thousand yards on another property, and I had found about eleven deer bedded.
0: Oh, nice.
1: In these little in this little pocket. I couldn't I couldn't do anything about it, but I was videoing them and having a good time. Right. And I could see one buck, the rest of them were doves and this buck. I couldn't figure out if he was a shooter or not, because the way that he was positioned kind of give you glimpses of like, he could be, but he couldn't, I couldn't tell how big he was, but my gut was telling me he was, he was a younger deer. Anyways, I'm texting Jason going, Hey man, you know, I got some cool video, whatever the case is. Well, sure as heck that deer and those does end up kind of spilling down and they go on another farm and they actually go right in front of one of the cameras. So now I'm seeing him on camera and he's a cool buck, but in like two years he'll be an animal. I mean, he'll be a beast. Sure. But you know, nothing, not a shooter. And so that confirmed, I'm like, okay, I'm not blind. (laughs) Could make out what it was. Right. And then I turn around and that's when I saw these, these, Four does or five does, I can't remember. They come out in the alfalfa. Alpha, and then, probably two minutes later, here comes this big old buck out. And I'm like, oh man, here comes the shooter. And he's pushing these does, and, and then he turns. And I'm like, oh my God, he's completely broken off on the other uh. side. Like, completely broken off. And I'm watching him pushing these does, and then he comes into this spot where. They typically just feed in this spot, and it's it's right by this fence, and it's right where I shot my deer, whatever two three years ago. I can't remember now. And I'm looking at him, and he's feeding, and I I had sprayed some um, like a doe and estrus kind of style yep, scent, right? Yep. And I put it on these posts on this fence post. So I'm watching these does, and they're literally going and smelling the fence post. So I know they smell it, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they hung around, and they jumped over the fence going to like a bedding area and, and this buck just sits there and sits there. And I'm going like, I can't shoot him, but he's such a mature buck. And then I'm like, yeah, my buddy's a taxidermist. He completely all yeah. the other side. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, then I'm like, now nah, I'm just going to watch him. Right. So I'm videoing him. It's the first night, but he's definitely, I mean, he's an old, he's an old deer. I mean, yeah. he, and I could watch him just walk, walking around his chest is jiggling. He's got the whole, yeah, you know, saddle on his back and it, it just
0: you know just a big old he owned the place
1: totally and and you know i'd love to meet whatever deer broke his other part mm-hmm. of his rack but <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> um, so the coolest thing happens i got all this on video so i'm gonna put put these i'm gonna do some episodes out of this whole deal but i release them sometime next year but it was I wish I could describe it, but it was like to, to your version of your poem. Mm-hmm. It was like I don't know. It was bone chilling, goosebumps, right? So I got a GoPro, got my camcorder on it, and I'm thinking he's gonna jump over that fence on the east side over there, and then he turns and he's he's kind of slightly coming up against the fence, and I'm like, he's he's gonna come right towards me. So mm-hmm. he's like 260 yards straight out. Wow. From me and he's coming towards me so i'm like literally videoing him GoPro in my face and and he's just he's on a rope he's literally coming straight up towards me i it, it makes no sense right because i'm like his 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 does were yeah popped over right i'm like ah he's gonna jump over nope he just keeps coming up and he keeps coming closer and he's like 150 yards <laughs> and then he's like 75 yards and i'm like all right, I'm just going to sit here still, but I'm like slowly moving the camera, right? Yeah. I'm like, watch him. And like the sun's slowly setting and it's, it, you know, it's getting dark. And right. I kid you not, he literally walks 10 feet from me to my left.
0: Oh, that is awesome.
1: And, and just like slow, methodical, and like I'm literally like videoing him. And he's look, he like. He doesn't spook at all. He literally comes by me. He looks at me while he walks. He stops, gives me a look. I'm like hat down, kind of looking at him. And then he walks past me, and I'm, I'm moving my camera back. And I, I don't even know if I'm looking at him at this point right, with the camera. Right. But he literally walks behind me and stops again, probably like after he's like 50 yards behind me. And then he just walks off. And it was this like magical
0: moment, yeah
1: and he was just as big, if not bigger, than what I thought he was. I mean, his bases were just giant.
0: That's and awesome. Yeah, it looked like pop cans.
1: Literally like pop cans. And I remember from two years ago, I think he's the same deer that we had on camera two years ago, and he was he was actually bigger. Man, but his rack and everything is almost identical, and he was broken off that time too. Okay, and I I think it's just how his rack is. He's very like tall and very like crab clawy. I can't really
0: describe it. So you think maybe he's? I think he's on the way down. Well, he's getting smaller. Maybe that one side there is just like permanently messed up. You're wondering. He
1: he was broken off on the other side last time.
0: Okay, okay. So he just likes to fight.
1: He likes to fight, but the way that his his. Like brow tyne was on one side. Well, actually he yeah, had double brow tyne on one side, yeah, which is like yeah. remarkable. And I know I was texting you about him because I was like, Man, I really want to <laughs> if he comes out again, I'm gonna take him because he's yeah. just such a brute. So it is what it is. Um but I went and reviewed that video footage. It is it is magical. Like he stops behind me, and I have him on video the whole time, and the sun's setting, and oh, he's literally man. walking off into the sunset. It's amazing. I was more geeked about the video footage than
0: I was about Alex, anything or, else. Alex goes full David Attenborough. <laughs> no, the buck will walk.
1: Oh my god, it was epic. <laughs> so so anyway, yeah, we get back to our we get back to our Airbnb. Get this: so our Airbnb was a silo, a grain silo. Oh. it was amazing. This guy redid the grain silo. That's cool. Totally like wrapped it in wood inside, and it's got like a like a, a circular staircase going up. Sure. Two levels, really cool deal, in the middle of nowhere. That's right? awesome. Totally. So we, I get there. This is the first night that we get there, and there's like cattle like 10 feet from the silo. So all night <laughs> long, I'm just listening to mooing, and it was, it was, it was awesome. So I get up, and I, I literally went, well, I'll backtrack. Jason shot a really nice really nice probably 170 inch deer yeah that evening so we ended up we had a long evening getting his deer out and the whole deal well then that wind switched again okay so i ended up going back and sitting on the opposite side the morning the morning of and and that now i'm facing the timber line where those deer came out of into the alfalfa mm-hmm. field right and i don't know we didn't see any action until 9 30. and we had four does pop out on the exact opposite side actually where they were bedded the night before okay. i told you they jumped the fence i stood up to look around and all of a sudden i have four deer like hopping the fence and i'm like frozen and then they're they're not like spooked but they're you know when their white tails are up yeah, and you, yeah. you know i'm like that's really weird why are they and jason's with me now so he's like right because he's already tagged he's already tagged out right so he's hanging out with me and we're like what are they spooked about sure it's like a coyote comes out Mm. so you definitely boogered him out and this coyote stays 75 yards from us beds down full sprawl hanging out for 25 minutes oh that's cool totally so then we're like okay we're gonna we're gonna get out of here so we bail go back and we had left our stuff because i was like we're sitting here again because we we couldn't tell what deer it was but we could see a buck running the the tree line inside the tree okay, line yeah. in the morning <clears throat> but he kept running the tree line and when those does came out they actually went a full 400 yards across that ag field and they went into the tree line and as soon as they hit the tree line jason jason called it he's like as soon as those does hit that bucks and go after him mm-hmm. i mean it wasn't five seconds after they hit that tree line, we just see antlers running in the tree huh. line, but we couldn't make out what deer was. Sure. Right? And I'm all I'm thinking is, is this is the broken buck, Yep. you know? And I, and I never saw him. Jason kept saying, I just saw horns running through the tree line. I know there's a buck in there. He's, he's probably a shooter from if he's running these does. So I'm not thinking anything of it. And that broken buck was on trail camera that night. I okay. saw him on trail cameras. We have cell camera pictures. So yep, they literally yep. just text us as we go. Yeah, right? that's so, so nice. It is. It, it's awesome. So, so then we're, we get back. I'm like, I want to sit in that spot at like one in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And Jason's like, I'll meet you there. I, I don't want to go that early. I'm like, totally fine. I want to get ready. My big thing is I wanted to get my gun in position. I wanted to lay down. Yeah. I wanted to put on my backpack. I wanted to really feel out how I was going to be shooting. Kind of really feel it out for yeah. So it took me like an hour and a half to put all my stuff, figure oh, it's it nice all out. Nice though to just be able to totally take it slow. Totally, I measured out all my spots. My rangefinder, I knew exactly what every shot was somewhere in between two to three hundred yards. Nothing crazy. Sure. So I, you'll be able to see this. Obviously, the listeners won't. But straight ahead of me is where that fence. Spot is where they cross over. It's literally about a ninety-five yard shot. Let's call okay. it a hundred yards. To the right, though, where those deer were coming out of, was about two ten.
0: Okay. So
1: I'm angled to the right on my backpack. Put my backpack down. I'm using that F1 main frame that I had in, mm-hmm. in Montana. So it's got like a a frame to it.
0: Yeah, a good gun rest.
1: Perfect gun rest, right? So I have it flipped over. I have my gun on it. Lay down prone and i'm like all right i could totally shoot in this diagonal and then i'm like you know if i angle it here and then they go back to the fence area i'm gonna then have to move i'm gonna rustle around yeah. whatever i'm gonna yeah. go i'm gonna go put it towards the fence Yep. Yeah. wrong move okay <laughs> i went after the sure bet but it was a wrong move so as i'm looking at it i'm like where those deer went in the morning to bed I could I could tell as I was glassing where that deer trail was from afar. Sure. So I'm like, if they went to bed, they're gonna come back out from there. But they're gonna go probably hop through the fence, right? So I should mm-hmm. be fine. Totally dead afternoon. Until about our shooting light was like five forty-eight. It was four thirty. All of a sudden, two does pop out into that. Corner of the ag in the timberland yeah. So I'm watching them, telling Jason, "Hey, there's deer, you know, go check it out." And then we're looking, and then I see a third doe come out, and one of the does was huge. I th- I mean, if you
0: she was the uh, she was the matriarch. She was
1: massive. I mean, you if you told me she was a buck and lost her antlers, I would have believed it.
0: So, <laughs> so <laughs> Noel Gandy's got one like that. He calls Mufasa because she's got like a neck mane that goes.
1: She was huge. Yeah, and she was big because you also looked at these other does and they were tiny compared to her. right? Sure. So then this little spike comes pushing these three does out. I'm like, well, oh is really? This is this weird. And then he disappeared. Then he came back. And now they're now they're out in the field. And we're literally in these like high grasses up against this this alfalfa field. And one of the does comes straight to the field edge. And and the wind is going down that edge, right? Sure. We were just farther back, so we weren't worried about where that wind was going. And Jason's like, dude, she's gonna wind us. Like her nose is in the air, whatever. Well, I had sprayed more of that stuff all yeah, over the place yeah. just, just in the just hopes a little that we would percent
0: yeah. Right. So
1: I'm like, I hope she doesn't win us, but, but now she's walking towards us. So now I'm like, oh man, here we so go. She's
0: attracted.
1: Now she's walking towards us, and then out of nowhere, she turns, tail up in the air again, and starts kind of trotting off back into the middle mm-hmm. of the field. I was like, all right, coast coast's clear. She's not super spooked, whatever. And then here comes this other buck. And he's like, I don't know, he was like a little tiny five point. Okay, yeah. M- maybe two and a half. I sure. mean, he was he was not big. So then they go towards that fence area. They're walking towards it, right? So now I'm like, all right, cool, totally fine. I'm sitting, I'm not in my on my stomach. And all of a sudden Jason's like, dude, there's a there's a shooter, there's a shooter. And I look, and I'm looking like a hundred yards, not straight, but let's call it like I don't know what would we call that? We'd call that uh, one o'clock, right okay. okay, so instead of being at like eleven o'clock where the fence is, we're at one o'clock, and I see this deer, but I'm like, he's not a shooter, two and a half year old, maybe maybe an eight point, whatever, and he's like, no, 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 in the timber line, in the timber line. <laughs> And I'm like, I can't see him. Yeah. I, I can't. I'm literally now on my stomach looking through my rangefinder, my scope, the yep, whole deal. I yep. can't see him. <clears throat> Out comes this doe flying into the field. <laughs> and all of a sudden I see this big deer running That's straight awesome. after, right? So it's like probably a 150 yard shot. I'm looking straight at him. I cannot get him in my scope because he's running. Sure. And I'm like, he's going, he's going to that fence. Totally fine. So now I'm pivoting. He goes to the fence, but he goes where I was sitting the night before oh. all the way up on the other end. So now it's like, and he literally, he's tailing her. She must have been hot. Jumps the fence, and now they go over the ridge into another milo field. And I'm like,
0: <laughs> game over. <laughs>
1: game over. We'd never seen that deer on camera. I have no clue where he came from, but I could tell he was really wide. He sure. wasn't high, but he was really, really sure. wide.
0: Just out cruising.
1: Yeah, I actually, I, I, got some, uh, I got some trail cam. Pics of him from this morning. <laughs> oh, nice! Uh, because he came back, because that doe came back. But, anyways, so we think the night's over. It's I don't know, right around five o'clock. Okay, yeah. And um, we're sitting there. I'm I'm thinking I probably slowly want to get my stuff together. You know, a, a lot of the deer came through. But I know in the back of my head, as soon as I start packing up, that's when more deer happen, yep, yep, deer movement happens. Yep. So I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just hang tight because I know as soon as I touch a camera or anything, something's gonna happen. So I'm sitting there, Jason's totally, you know, just checking cameras out or whatever on his phone, and then all of a sudden I see a deer pop out <laughs> right from where those does were, all the way at the edge of the field, 250 yards, and I'm like, hey man, there's, there's, there's a deer, there's a deer. I look up, nice buck comes out and he's all by himself sure Jay's like he's a shooter he's a nice buck he's not huge but he's not he's a nice buck i was like
0: no No, he's a shooter yeah
1: so now i'm like i can't shoot him in that direction because i'm literally like sideways downhill right so now i literally booger it down on my hands and knees to get into the ag field and as I get down there, now I'm on my stomach looking at him. And I know it's 250 yards. I'm, I'm about to dial in my scope at 250. I can't see him. Ugh. I'm like, where did he go? Jason's trying to video. He's got my tripod and all this. He's like, he went up into the other field. So now I'm going under some barbed wire on my hands and knees. I go up into the other field. So I lay down. I can't see him. I can't find him. And Jason's like, I don't know where he went. Well, we have like this huge separator in between those two fields with high grasses. Sure. So all of a sudden, we see his rack pop out from the grass.
0: Oh, that's that's one of my favorite sights. Oh, it was awesome. Buck antlers going through some prairie grass. Totally. So
1: you just see his like head on a swivel, and uh, I'm like, "Are you videoing this?" And he's like, "Yeah, I got it. I got it." But we couldn't tell if he was gonna go back downhill or uphill, and we didn't. I I didn't know if he smelled us or whatnot, mm-hmm. right? So, anyways, I'm, I'm on the ground, grab my gun, I range him where I see his horns, 254. And I'm like, all right, I lay down, Deal. <laughs> dial the scope to 250. And sure as heck, he takes five steps in. He stops, and I'm like, you on him? And he's like, yeah, I got him, I got him, I got him. Then he starts trotting. Oh, no. And he's like, do you want me to stop him? Do you want me to stop him? I'm like, yeah. He's like, do you want me to stop him? I'm like, yes. So he goes, Rrr! you know, he starts, and he's <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, and the deer probably takes two steps, and then he stops and looks. And as soon as he stopped and looked, like I have my crosshairs right on him, and I just let it rip.
0: Oh, and he's yeah. like,
1: "Dude, you smoked him!" I see hair just flying. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and and I'm looking at him, and he's like put another one in him, put another one in him. So I chamber another round and then I'm sitting there and I'm like, there's no way that deer's going far, right? He took five steps. He's just standing there and all of a sudden I just see him just like literally just fall over like (laughs) sideways. And I'm like, dude, he's down. And he's like, did he fall? And I was like, yeah, he's not five steps from where I shot him. And... I mean, it couldn't have gone better. Now yeah. I go, now I go to, this is where it gets funny. Now I go to Jason. And I said, you, you got that on video, right? And he's like, that's so textbook. So I go to my camera to go, to go look at the, the deal. And he's like, I'm, I'm, I hope I videoed him. And as soon as he said oh, that, as no. soon as he said, I hope I videoed him. I was yeah. like, you're second guessing yourself. Yeah. So that doesn't really make me feel good, but I don't really care. Right. I mean, yeah. the whole thing was good lo and behold he ran out of he didn't have any more footage on the camera with oh, the sd card
0: okay yeah so, so he, he was... videoed
1: as much as he could but then it actually stopped itself so yep. when i went to go check like he didn't have that that snippet <laughs> on camera whatever it didn't matter we got we got more video footage after we made some fun of it sure you know it all works out well yeah totally i'm not going to stress over that i mean it's hunting right It's Things happen. You can't control nature, right? Yep. That was awesome. I mean, we literally rolled up to him. and he's, I mean, he's a solid eight-pointer. Yep. Uh, Real we're solid. Out West, Real we call solid. him a four-by-four, four, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so That's how you know somebody hunts in the Midwest that's or right. out West. That's right. <laughs> it's an eight-pointer or a four-by-four. Four. Uh, he's just super symmetrical. All the deer that we were seeing were super broken up. And I really didn't have a lot of hope that that other big buck that had walked through that we had never seen on camera either was going to be in that area because i I felt like he was going to be chasing around so i really didn't want to play the game of like go after a target buck because we saw in one night two deer that we hadn't seen from scouting or from the cameras okay so that was really kind of my thought process behind i was like you know what like the deer are moving i'm i'm taking full advantage when i see a shooter. Yeah. And I'm not gonna play that whole like five days of I'm gonna go after one buck, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's that that's really how it ended, man. I mean, just it was perfect scenario. Everything was great. I'm super happy with the outcome. Well,
0: that is, I mean, that's what you hope for when you put in all that. You had a great post today about it to, or today about the reality of the time and money and effort that goes into that success. And when you yeah. go on these trips. That's very much so at the forefront of your mind. You're like, man, my family's back at home. I'm not there to help out with X, Y, and Z. Sure. Kids are getting older every day. I'm missing out on that. Um, just spent all this money on gas and food and everything else. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's it's all adding up. But then when you get to have that success, it melts away. And you know, one of the things I've I've been talking about this a lot lately. For us first gen hunters, we have so many people in our lives that do not hunt. Right? You know, I I saw this uh this meme that was funny, but it was also kind of like I don't know, kind of bugged me a little bit. Was where, it at the
1: dinner table? Yes, yes, with all the all the different yes, captions yep, over their heads.
0: Yep, yep, uh. yep, yep. <laughs> so it's so it's very true. It's very true. But the thing that bugs me about it is. The people in our lives that don't hunt, they want to be able to, like, talk to us about it a little bit. Yeah, you know they want I mean? to connect with you. They just they don't want to Right, right, exactly. So that's where it bugged me a little bit. It's like, uh, don't be, you know. Yep. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's funny that you knew <laughs> I, exactly I, what I was know talking. because
1: I was laughing about it. Because yeah. one of my pet peeves is when somebody asked me if I caught a deer.
0: Yeah, that's right. Catch any? Yeah,
1: I did not catch one. No, I did not wrangle <laughs> one. I did not tackle it. <laughs> like, none of that.
0: buck net with me. <laughs> But uh,
1: <laughs> no, uh,
0: when you don't have when when you don't have quote unquote success, let's go to my bear hunt. Yeah. which we need to do a podcast on that. My goodness, but I miss a three hundred and fifty yard shot. Still don't know how, but best we could tell. Look for blood, everything. Yeah, nothing. To somebody that doesn't hunt. That sounds like, wow, what a waste. You know, you went all the way out there. You mm-hmm. were dreaming about it for a year. You did all the hiking to get ready, bought all the gear, everything. What a waste. But there's so many steps you have to get right to get to the point where you have that moment of truth. Uh-huh. You know, it's a five, we'll say it's a 500 step process. You have 499 of those steps, right? It, it doesn't matter to nope. the people that don't know anything about it. No. Nope. You know what I mean? To to you. And when I get back and you and Evan are like, You guys got a shot off? You know? Or like that that couple that we talked to and the guy like, you know, basically sprayed his uh drink all over the windshield when I told him that this was our second day of bear hunting ever and we already had a shot opportunity. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, to <laughs> to another hunter. It's like they get it, right? Yep. But so then My point being, when you get to go on this trip out to Kansas, drive 16 hours or whatever it is, 16, 17 hours to get out there, then you get to come back with something. Mm -hmm. Now, everybody knows it was a success. And it's almost, I would say, I love this phrase. Uh, People describe Chicago sports in this way. They say, it's a really harsh city to be a bad team in. Like, the fans are just hard on you. Yeah. But. When you do good, the the guy is Patrick Manley, a longtime long snapper for for the bears, he said. But when you do good, it's double love. Yeah. And I would say that's the case with when you have non-hunting, uh, so many non-hunters in your life, which is the case for almost all first-gen hunters. When you do have that success, there's so much curiosity around it. Totally. That they're asking questions or they're, they're amazed. Mm-hmm. And so... You know it, man, I'm just happy for you. you gotta be on that cloud now you gotta go back to work on Monday, and yeah, you know the people that know what where you were, oh hey, where were you again? Oh, I was in Kansas, Oh, did you catch anything? you know, <laughs> nope, yeah, didn't catch anything, but I did tag this buck right here. <laughs> what what did you do with all that meat? you know what what about the antlers what you know, yeah, and it's like. Now of course, you know, we got our hunt therapy crew, we all understand the five hundred steps that it took for you to have that success. Sure. So we're we're all stoked. For yeah, for as sure. well. But I think it's just kind of a unique thing that first year hunters get a little bit extra like uh special side of it, you know, where we, where you have all these people in your lives that know nothing about hunting and, yep. but they still want to be supportive of you and they still want to, they, they like the Thanksgiving meme. They desperately want to connect with you over it. So they do. I and, mean, I, and, and it's, it, I think it's just so, s- such a special part of it.
1: Totally. No, I agree with that. And, and, you know, part of, part of East West hunts came from that, mm-hmm. you know, it was like, I mean, it was, whatever now how many years but you know six years ago that was kind of the reality for me of like god there's so many people that would love
0: to do this but they
1: have no clue how or they haven't been exposed to different types of hunting right Right. or whatever it is right you're going out on a bear hunt right you have Primo hunting in your backyard, yep. but you still long for something different, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know? You so it's like, try
0: a try different species.
1: Totally. So, so there's just, there's so many variations and the, there's endless opportunities and, and those experiences are, are huge, you know, mm-hmm. but you won't understand it until you start kind of having that curiosity. I call them buying signs. Right. I think about yeah. it in sales. Right. The more you ask questions about something, the more you draw interest, that means that you probably are a buyer in some regard. Yeah. Right. It's the same thing way that i look at that it's like all right your curiosity's peaked you could probably get into this and enjoy it if your curiosity's peaked i mean heck i i I got two folks right now coming on board as clients they're they're vegan okay i mean how cool is that yeah
0: that's that's incredible you know
1: i'm like man i mean you're you're gonna i mean you could be a spokesperson for this i'm asking i was like all right hold on hold on so you're vegan just like take me through this you know and 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 to hear the words that they say, you know, and 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 their women, even better,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Said, you know, I realize that I've been vegan because I've been so far removed from where my food source comes from. Yeah. Like that was like a punch in the face. Because mm-hmm. I agree with it. Yeah. But like the reality that you realize that. Mm-hmm. And now you want to hunt for me, that's super cool. And I
0: get to be a part
1: of that. That's cloud nine for me. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah.
0: That's as good as it gets. Totally.
1: Or like with your bear hunt, right? Like we're out there and we plan the whole deal, and you're like, you know, that guy saying, man, I've been out here for four years and you're out here for two days. Like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It is. Yeah. But there's a lot of process to it, and people don't, people think it's, yeah, let me go get a,
0: license and a shotgun I'm gonna walk through the woods and start plopping things. It You're, doesn't and, work that and, way. And it really is that attitude. That's the <laughs> attitude I had when I first went deer. I honestly thought and and to be fair, I did get a shot opportunity that day, but it was <laughs> it was it was the most ridiculous blown opportunity because I had I had gone through the disenchantment of wow, there's not just deer walking everywhere waiting to get <laughs> shot you know and and uh it just takes a while to it takes being immersed in the circumstance Mm -hmm. to to get it but um no i there's something about filling a tag that you know that it's it's good just like if you were to i don't know what other hobbies people have let's go with golf oh it's good you you hit a great round of golf yep and you're you know you feel really good about that you get that side of it for sure but there's something deeper because of the providing aspect the sharing aspect the permanent stories the antlers that stay on your wall for the rest of your life Mm -hmm. then your kids cut them off and use them for rattling antlers (laughs) but uh, nothing wrong with that uh, right but uh the i mean you have you have all of these things that keep on giving forever. It's like that all is just playing in your mind on repeat for i don't know a week totally. after afterwards. you know you're well, just like and and honestly, I envy you right now because uh you're on that really big high right now, still of I just shot a buck yesterday yeah and and you know my buddy Luke Fritch when he shot his Illinois Giant uh a week and a half ago or whatever 2 weeks ago you know it's the same deal it's like man i just and not that not in a way like i'm like you know jealous or anything it's totally happy for you yeah, guys yeah. you know but it's like man i i wish i was on that cloud 9 right now too you know and i still have a little bit of residual from my success oh, yeah. this october but but uh, it's it's a feeling unlike anything. And if you're listening into this, and you you haven't had that opportunity yet, you, you you maybe you know I I think there's there's some people that get big into like you know you need to envision yourself having this success. And I think that there's some truth to that. I think a lot of preparation mm-hmm. for anything. Uh, maybe it's an emergency situation. Just spending that time thinking about putting yourself in that circumstance. Well, put yourself in that circumstance of filling a tag and how good that would feel. And I think that's what helps get you through the buck fever and what helps get you through that, you know, not packing up five minutes early at last light, you yep. know, and and just sticking it out. And when you get to taste that, you'll be... There's no, there's nothing else that replicates so that feeling, and is, you'll be back year after year after year, guaranteed. Yeah. So maybe that's what we could, maybe that's what we can call this episode, Cloud Nine, Hunt Therapy, Cloud Nine. I love it. Ride that Cloud Nine. Yeah, you but, need to. Uh, yeah, this is. I wish we were more awake right now, then we could do like another podcast here. But um, <laughs> I'm like ninety percent asleep right now. Yeah, my narcolepsy is uh, just kick it in but uh (laughs) if if if, uh, jake and i were riding in his truck right now i would be out cold would you oh yeah jake would be driving i'd be i'd be you know all curled up in the
1: but you you said you don't like night driving
0: right Oh man, you're so sleepy but if i find a good podcast like the first gen podcast or uh, if i get like a good audiobook or something and then i can usually power through pretty good Hmm. but I need to create like a little, a little, uh, emergency stay awake kit.
1: <laughs> Your night driving <laughs> that's kit. That's right. My night <laughs> driving kit. You know, in
0: case of sleepiness, break glass oh, and God, have like some bobby. little, you know, like espresso beans or something in there. Oh, that is awesome. But, uh, no, the, uh, the hour is late, but, uh, it really is cloud nine here at, uh, uh the voucher household here in Iowa. Just, uh, I can't wait to, uh, see the rack on the buck and and uh you're already planning to share some meat with me which is great and <laughs> oh uh, yeah
1: gotta share some meat right. Come on now
0: and and alex is actually even uh you know this is this is where that provider aspect of being a hunter comes in he's even going to benefit my uh uh brother-in-law and sister who uh aren't able to deer hunt and uh they really would like some deer meat. And so, uh, they'll even get a little bit from Alex as well, which is just super generous of him. And, uh, yeah, it's just, man, it's just such a good, good feeling to know your, uh, your tag is punched, man. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the trip came together. You planned it out. Yeah. And, uh, again, you listening in, you you want a, you want a little slice of cloud nine for yourself You gotta talk to Alex. Go to eastwesthunts.com or alexgruen.com. You see the whole host of options that are there available to you, and you can um, even save yourself a little uh, dough. Hmm. Uh, Type in first gen ten, save yourself ten percent off of that. So use that promo code again, first gen ten, and um, when you. Uh, are thinking about this don't just think about yourself would be a great gift idea too for a family member or or um friend or something like that pick them up uh some services from alex so that you have a better chance of filling a tag alex fills almost all of his tags every year i think last year you filled seven tags didn't you Mm -hmm. something like that so
1: yeah a good year last uh, year uh, this year i'm uh
0: he's laying a little low he had a, he's basically running around on one leg right now but uh, after his achilles injury i'm, I'm but doing pretty good he's doing I'm, he's doing really doing good, pretty good for for uh what six months out basically Four. Four. Four I months out surgery uh <laughs> that's right it was in july end of july Yeah. Yep. so he's doing great for for what he's been through but um Uh, you definitely see the proof of what happens when you have a great hunt plan. So you need to uh, talk to Alex, get those services for yourself or your loved one, friend, whoever, and uh, give them that better opportunity. Also, you heard Alex talk about Spartan Forge. It is the best app to use during deer season, um, in my opinion, for sure, and in the opinion of many others. You can see uh, um, an, another person that partners with Spartan Forge, which would be Lee Ellis of Seek One. He has been on an absolute tear this year of just tagging big bucks everywhere. He uses Spartan Forge, as you will see in his videos. You can get the same thing, and you can actually get it for free. Go to the Spartan Forge website. You can find a link to that in these show notes or in my link tree on Instagram. And uh, you can get the free app. But, of course, they need to make money. They got to pay the bills. You can buy additional uh, features uh, that, you know, like the deer behavior prediction, um, some ad- additional mapping capabilities, and, and so forth. <laughs> you can buy those features, and uh, you know, basically upgrade your app uh, to be more useful to you. And it's also available in a subscription format, so uh, you know, you can go month by month, and maybe only you know, pay that subscription fee for the few months when you're hunting. Or if you're more like uh, Alex and me, and you're just thinking about hunting all the time, you're constantly doing e-scouting. You're you're looking at old data, everything else. Go ahead and get that year subscription uh, instead, and uh, you actually save yourself quite a bit of money by going with a whole year plan as opposed to the uh, month-by-month payment. So uh, definitely check out those two things. Spartan Forge is the presenting sponsor of this podcast. Bill is such a great guy. Um, You you won't be disappointed if you uh, jump on with Spartan Forge, so make sure you do that. But, uh, yeah, we're going to have to have another Hunt Therapy, Alex. We're going to have to talk with uh, uh, the other part of the crew (laughs) and hear what they've been up to and the successes they've had this season. But we want to thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you're cruising around on Cloud 9 yourself. Stay safe through these gun seasons. And uh, until next time, take care and take someone hunting.